And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into a Tuesday, Gary, good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah. You know, we've said it before. Democrats believe that the people that vote for them and everybody else are just a bunch of idiots. Yeah, they, they do. really do. Yeah, they do. I mean, and, and the evidence uh, was uh, there again yesterday. Let me get to it here. This is John Kirby on uh, on Fox. The United States believe that Iran was behind this attack. The Wall Street Journal says it was. Yeah. Um, can you confirm that for us? I'm not able to confirm that the specific reporting, Martha. We're obviously going to look at this very, very hard. We have been. We just haven't seen any evidence or intelligence, as you and I are speaking right now, that points to direct Iranian participation uh, in these attacks. That okay. So what he's saying is Iranian fighters, you know, weren't with, um, excuse me, Iranian terrorists were not with uh, Hamas. Uh-huh. That's not the point that everybody is bringing up. And they don't have proof of that. There's no proof that, that they have, no intel that tells them whether they were or not right now. He's just saying they don't have any evidence of it. Right, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is the funding. The the Biden administration, and and this is where they're, they're trying to uh, parse words here, you saw it yesterday. Well, the six billion still is, you know, uh, still uh, is in uh, uh, Qatar, 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 whatever. Uh, and this is where they, this is where they believe that we're idiots because it's not just that six billion, which again is fungible, which they won't talk about. Which is once you released it to Qatar and made the deal, that means other funds could be freed up. As we all know, but that's not even the point because the six billion is just a little bit of what the Biden administration has done to support Iran and their terrorism against Western interest and United States citizens. 
They're well-funded, they're well-prepared, and Hezbollah and Hamas have said, oh, yeah, Iran's part of the planning, they're part of it all. Well, they, look, as as, uh, um, Andrew McCarthy pointed out yesterday, Biden's own State Department has acknowledged that Iran has continued providing weapons and other support to Hamas and other U.S.-designated Palestinian terrorist groups in its most recent published findings on international terrorism. So Kirby, these, Kirby talks almost as if nothing really happened here. Oh, we, we don't know who to blame. I mean, we think it's... I was waiting for him to say, instead of Hamas, freedom fighters. It was ridiculous I mean, yesterday listening to this back and forth. It's he's absolutely useless. I I don't even know why anybody would have him on. As McCarthy wrote yesterday, here's another uh, uh, one for the they think we're idiots file. Mm -hmm. The Biden administration's claim that the six billion it just caused to be released to jihadist Iran had nothing to do with the unspeakable uh, unspeakable attack against Israel over the weekend by Iran's proxy Hamas, which is well known by Biden officials to be funded and directed by Iran. So what is what is direct directly involved mean? If I give you the let's let's put it this way. Let's look at law in the United States. If I give you money to blow up something, am I directly involved? Not according to John Kirby. If I hire a hitman to kill somebody and the hitman successfully kills somebody who does law enforcement who does society want to go after the most who is the one who gets the deal the hitman the person who made the hit the person who supplied the funding is the one that society looks at morality wise as committing the greater crime you look at during the Trump years, the pressure through the sanctions put on Iran. Remember, they were lobbing missiles over into Iraq. Remember all everything that they were doing, attacking vessels because they were trying to get the world's attention because they knew they were being crushed. As Andrew McCarthy points out in National Review, the sanctions were crushing them. And then the global demand fell through the floor because of covid and, we, and, and they were on their knees until Joe Biden became president. And we have the numbers. First off, from, from McCarthy, that said, Republicans and others commenting on Biden's dereliction of duty should understand the case. Martha McCallum yesterday didn't seem to understand the case. No. no. You actually saw the entire interview. A- and it was frustrating. Yeah, she didn't seem to know the case. It was frustrating. Yep. Get your act together. There were there were four or five key questions that she never brought. To begin with, the White House is furiously claiming that Hamas did not get any of the six billion because A, it is still being held in an account in Qatar. B, it is reserved for humanitarian purposes. C, it hasn't been spent. This contention would be laughable were it not for both this weekend's slaughter and how deeply insulting it is to our intelligent uh, our intelligence they really do think we're idiots mm. money is fungible once the 6 billion was banked 
that freed Iran to direct other funds to terrorism, which it has plainly done in arming and training Hamas and other Palestinian jihadists, as well as Iran's longtime frontline jihadist force, Hezbollah, which has launched rockets into Israel from Lebanon in the north, which we predicted, you know, well, I mean, it was pretty obvious that might happen yes, mm. on yesterday's show, yeah. and threatens to escalate if Israel follows its ongoing airstrikes against Hamas targets in Gaza with the ground invasion. With that said, though, the Biden administration's most recent $6 billion payoff, in part a ransom that will only encourage jihadists to take American hostages, which Hamas has now done, yep. is only a small part of our government's reckless support for Iran. After years of being squeezed by American and international sanctions, Iran's oil production and export sector was turbocharged in 2016 by the Obama-Iran nuclear deal. The deal not only obliged the United States to assist and protect an Iranian civilian nuclear program that would place the regime on the cusp of constructing nuclear weapons, it required no concessions from Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of anti-American and anti-Israeli terrorism on its promotion of jihad. By 2017, Iranian exports were triple what they had been in 2013. In 2018, President Trump commenced his maximum pressure campaign, the objective of which was to starve the regime of resources and force it to make concessions on terror support and nuclear weapons development. The economic pressure weakened the regime, making it more vulnerable to internal uprisings. By 2019, new U.S. sanctions had crashed Iran's oil sector, which further contracted in 2020 due to the combination of sanctions and the COVID pandemic. When Biden took office in 2021, he immediately reversed Trump's policies. Hey, is there a pattern here at the border? Mm. This. Mm. And sought to entice Iran back to the deal, which he was so desperate to do that he was willing to use Russia as his intermediary. Uh, With Biden easing restrictions, Iran's oil sector is once again humming. It is now producing over 3 million barrels per day. Uh, As the Heritage Foundation's Robert Greenway explains, by late summer, Iran's exports reached somewhere between 1.7 and 2.2 million barrels a day, compared to just 775,000 per day at the end of Trump's term. Iran is well on its way to exceed last year's export revenue of nearly $43 billion, which itself was a giant leap from the $25.5 billion in 2021 and $7.9 billion in 2020. The windfall Iran has realized from the Biden relaxation of sanctions over the Trump maximum pressure sanctions is in the neighborhood of $30 billion. They think we're idiots. This is why Iran is able to lavish funding on its allied jihadist groups such as Hamas. President Biden knew that is what Iran would do, not only when he recently released the $6 billion, but also when he eased restrictions in the self-defeating question to lure Iran back to the nuclear deal. It is a mind-boggling policy precisely because of the deadly results that were so foreseeable. The United States is funding Iran to fund Hamas that just got Americans killed and taken hostages. 
And we've been screaming about it from the very beginning. And Democrats have just ignored it as if it doesn't exist. Why are we funding a terrorist regime? It's mind-boggling how inept this president is. What's more mind-boggling is that he wasn't being called out by everyone yesterday. Everybody that watched this thing play out over the weekend should have been fuming about this. Our policy, our official policy, is to make it so the world's leading exporter of terrorism against the United States and the West. Our country's goal is to ensure that they have a viable economy in order to attack United States and Western interest and kill Americans and take American hostages. Please, any Democrat, tell us where we're wrong. What's next? We start buying oil from them directly? Well, he may be over there begging soon. That's exactly my thought. He's begging from other dictators. Well, why not? I mean, you go to Venezuela. Heck, can we find oil in the ground in North Korea? Where do you draw the line if you haven't drawn it already? And they couldn't even say today, well, no, we have no plans at the moment to uh, refreeze the $6 billion, which they can, by the way. Of course. Let's come out that should have been proactive first thing Monday morning. Reading David Harzeni from The Federalist. If Democrats don't want, to bl- don't want blame for appeasing Iran and Hamas, they should stop doing it. Wall Street Journal, how Biden's policy enriched Iran. We have the numbers. We know. Yeah. Because of United States policy, what happened when we clamped down? And what happens when we don't clamp down and we appease people who want us dead? And we do everything to ensure that they have a viable economy and make it easier for them to develop the nuclear weapons at the same time. It's unreal. It really is. It's unreal. There's not an argument you can make for where we are right now and what this administration has done, what they're directly responsible for. There isn't. No. And, yeah, I mean, the you, you know, you look at the symbolism. You know, where was he? You know, where was he yesterday? And then it came out, well, uh, he voluntarily was speaking with the special counsel. Yeah. Well, he should have delayed that. Right. Americans, that was one thing. Americans were killed and nothing from this president. But, look, he didn't care about American soldiers being killed. Yeah, he doesn't In care. Afghanistan, he just turned his back and They had to walks beg away. him to come back from vacation. vacation. Then he turned around and walked back to vacation after speaking, like, how dare you bother me? That's Joe Biden. They were defending the party. Well, it was for non-political people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't you don't matter. do it. It doesn't matter. And by the way, with that, they was, don't get it. By the way, that was Sunday. I I 
previously thought that it was Saturday, but it was, yeah, that it was, was Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the pool reporters, what's going on? They're having a party now? Right. What's going on? Yeah. Well, you have to understand the party was for non-political people, as if that made a difference. Right. These people are the worst. They and, really and, are the worst. And, you know, there's the thing is that it's not a, a discussion amongst the political walks that matters in a situation like that. Word gets to our enemy. Word gets to all of our allies, if we have any left, that can trust us. What's going on? Oh, barbecue at the White House. What's he doing about it? Haven't heard from him. Americans are dead. Where is he? I don't know. Doing an interview with special counsel. That could have waited None of this is, again, is shocking when you know Joe Biden. As you mentioned, Gary, we predicted this. There was no other way it was going to go down. It was a matter of when, not if. When it comes to Iran, and my question is, what's next? 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. As the seasons change, so does truck maintenance. Cold weather can affect everything from your batteries and your air brake system to tire inflation and fuel lines. Make sure your tires are ready to roll through winter with the following maintenance tip. Underinflation is a leading cause of tire failures during winter because when the temperature drops, so does your tire pressure. Check your tire pressure before every trip to ensure they're properly inflated and to get the best footprint and traction on the roads. Conduct daily visual tire inspections to make sure you haven't picked up harmful debris on the road. Find a trustworthy tire service provider today so you'll be ready as the seasons change. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. 
the entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. And so you uh, look here, you know, even he was asked about the border, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, this is John Kirby, uh, uh, yesterday presidential spokesperson, that uh, we had uh, uh, two uh, people from the FBI terrorist watch list, uh, watch list uh, get arrested at the southern border in uh, 2017, 2018, 6, uh, 19, 0, 2023. 2021, 15, 2022, 98, 2023, 151 so far in 2023. Yeah. And those are the ones that have been apprehended. Yeah, it doesn't account for the gotaways. Yeah. What about the the number of gotaways, which, you know, you would look at and just have to assume that you have a ton that have made it into the country. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, you just you shake your head. And, and meanwhile, Martha McCallum asked him the question, you know, what's what's a worse threat, nuclear war from these adversaries or climate change? Oh, climate change. Oh, climate change. And he was adamant about adamant. it. What an idiot. What an absolute idiot. We are led. We are led by morons. Yep. Absolute morons. Please, someone tell us where we're wrong. I would love any Democrat to please tell us where we're wrong on this. You know it. You know every Democrat listening knows now that we are led by Leaders that are complete morons. They are completely clueless. They're pathological liars. They fund our enemies. It's insanity. And they would rather work on controlling your life and making things extremely expensive rather than just securing the border and going after terrorism. They don't see that as the biggest problem. He believes national defense is having you drive an EV. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, you just shake your head in just complete and total uh, frustration. I mean, in my lifetime, I've never seen an American government like this ever. And, and you, you just you you shake your head. Um, you know, you. You know, Wall Street Journal, how Biden's policy enriched Iran. Failure to enforce oil uh, sanctions has helped uh, Iran finance Hamas. Well, we know that. Like, duh. And he goes, Jim Garrity, National Review. 
uh, this past weekend, a whole lot of Biden administration defenders pretended they could understand the concept of money being fungible. The fact that if Iran knows it's going to get access to $6 billion in frozen funds for humanitarian spending, it can reallocate money that it was going to spend on those humanitarian costs to support Hamas and other terrorist groups. And our government plays like they're idiots. Yep. Yep. It's... It's Kirby was almost dismissive of the whole thing yesterday. Why does anyone representing the United States White House, the United States president in a situation like this? Why do they need to be on the defensive? What we should have seen yesterday is a president who was very proactive, especially as the the. The news was breaking about the number of Americans that were killed and was known so far, and also the number of Americans that were taken hostage, although that number has been inconsistent. It doesn't matter. We do know and believe fully that Americans have been taken hostage by Hamas. And the president should have stepped to a podium. He should have been out there and been proactive. But you know why he didn't? Because he can't. Physically and mentally, he's not capable. And in terms of his sentiment, he doesn't care. In light of this weekend's attacks, does the decision to give the government in Iran access to $6 billion look wiser than it did a week ago or more foolish? At this moment, do you want to see Iran have as much access to the previously frozen funds as possible or as little access to previously frozen funds as possible? After this weekend, does Iran seem like more of a trustworthy partner for negotiations or less trustworthy? We have to we have to do the whole elementary school yeah, mentality yeah. thing. Yeah. The answers are obvious. Putting more money into the coffers of Iran was always a bad idea. Yeah. It's just more vividly and visibly foolhardy now than it appeared to be last month. When the Biden team agreed to it, not here for Red Eye Radio, it wasn't. No. On September 12th, U.S. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller said of those unfrozen funds, when this money arrives in these accounts in uh, Qatar, it will be held there under strict oversight by the United States Treasury Department, and the money can only be used for humanitarian purposes, and we will remain vigilant in watching the spending of those funds and have the ability to freeze them again uh, if we need to. Great. What are you guys waiting for? Yeah. Just what would be the Iranian government's need need to do? And this is yesterday when they said, no, there are no plans yet to uh, freeze the funds. Kirby said it. Yeah. Well, just what would the Iranian government need to do to warrant the refreezing of those funds, if not helping plan, train, and pull the trigger on this weekend's attacks? What does the Biden administration need to see to conclude that those funds ought to be refrozen? Nine Americans have been killed and others are hostages of Hamas. Are they waiting for those numbers to increase? Idiots. Absolute idiots is what we're dealing with here. And I again, I don't know what What else you need to demonstrate this president's inability to not just govern, but also to behave 
like a commander-in-chief. How were they not at the podium yesterday morning? No idea. Say what you will about, and and there was a piece um, in the Wall Street Journal about Israel and the intel and not being able to detect this with all the, everything that they put into intel and the technology and everything else. All right, so we don't know what happened with intel from the U.S. or Israel or any global intel that might have given them a heads up. But that's behind us. You can't tell me that they don't already know that Iran is behind this. And they knew that yesterday morning. Well, as McCarthy pointed out in their latest report, they talk about Iran funding Hamas. They had it in their latest, you know, as he as he put in uh, their uh, latest, uh, you know, report on terrorism. Right. And they should have been in Here the forefront is. yesterday morning responding to the news that Americans had died and other Americans had been taken hostage. As Andrew McCarthy wrote yesterday, to repeat what I related on Saturday, Biden's own State Department has acknowledged that Iran has continued providing weapons, systems, and other support to Hamas. In its most recently published findings on about international terrorism. They know it. We know it, and they continue to do it. And they act like yesterday that nothing. Yeah. It, well, we we don't know. Well, we don't know. And as David Harzani wrote in the Federalist.com, the headline, I read it earlier, but it's worth reading again. If Democrats don't want blame for appeasing Iran and Hamas, they should stop doing it. Terrorists keep telling us their intentions, and the left keep pretending they're bluffing. That should have been the question right there. That's one of the questions that should have been asked to Kirby yesterday. Exactly what Andrew McCarthy pointed out. And you already know it. Why is it that they felt, because the entire day it felt like they were giving Iran deference. Why? Why? Why does deference go to Iran in this case? When you've already acknowledged their behavior. As Harzani writes right now, though, and everybody knows it right now, though, many on the left seem upset that conservatives are pointing out that the last two Democratic administrations have appeased and funded the terror states responsible for the attack that has killed hundreds, if not thousands of Israelis and at least nine Americans. There is most obviously Joe Biden's recent $6 billion gift to the Mueller, uh, uh, Mullahs. Uh, and then you saw this here. White House uh, National Security Council spokeswoman said, not a single cent from these funds have been spent, and when it is spent, it can only be spent on things like food and medicine for the Iranian people. This pathetic deflection was repeated endlessly by the president's defenders even a child understands the concept of fungibility. 
It is true that Hamas didn't spend that exact funding on their terror proxies. Islamic fascists, like everyone else, make fiscal plans with an eye on future earnings and spending. And the hostage-taking business happens to be booming. And no, the $6 billion was not their money, no more than the roughly $25 billion that the Biden administration let Iran walk away with by ignoring sanctions or the $10 billion it gave Iran via a wire or waiver to Iraq was their money. Sanctions separate, excuse me, sanctions separated the terror state from its money. That's the entire point. The only thing that is more ludicrous than the notion of mullahs abiding by an agreement with the United States is the idea that their buddies in Qatar, the country overseeing funds, is going to make them spend their newfound cash on humanitarian aid. Wow. Incidentally, do you know where Hamas leadership was hanging out when their squads began kidnapping young children, shooting the elderly, and raping and massacring women? In a hotel room in Qatar, where they were guests of the regime. Do you know who lifted Qatar to be a strategic partner to the United States last year? Clue, it was the same administration that rejoined the anti-Semitic UN Human Rights Council which is chaired by the ambassador of Iran. Let's remember that in 2021, one of Biden's first foreign policy moves was to overturn Trump-era policy and release hundreds of millions of dollars of funding to Hamas. That wasn't all. In 2022, Biden sent an additional $316 million to the Palestinians, that's taxpayer dollars. Uh, to the moderate Fatah, which offers stipends to the families of Jew killers and was recently in talks to form a unity government with Hamas. These are the people Israelis are expected to hand a state. Wow. Well, just I mean, just you sit there, you just shake, you shake your head in disgust. This, this is the Democratic Party right here. This is what it is. Yeah. And you and I have talked about so many different things, whether it's the border, whether it's uh, on on energy, whether it's on electric vehicles, whether it's on their spending that has created the inflation. Everything that they have done is to make your life harder and less secure. Yeah, and and right now, the fear is that we have terrorists, possible cells in the U.S. Whether it's Hamas or any other terrorist group funded by Iran, Iran is hell-bent. And we're not. This administration doesn't care. The border's wide open. They don't care. They absolutely don't care. No, they don't. I can't, you know, I, I can't even describe the frustration. When you when you pair this with everything in the botched exit of Afghanistan and the Obama years, and this is, by the way, they point out, 
you know, this isn't just Joe Biden. This is the mentality of the left. Yeah. Obama carries some of this blame as well. A lot of it. It's just maddening that they get away with it. Well, that's the thing. We've been funding a terrorist state. We've been doing everything to get them as much money as possible. And then over the last 48 hours, the administration, the Biden administration and their representatives treat us as if we're complete idiots. Right. That we don't know how the flow of money goes. Right. Almost like they sound like defense lawyers for Iran. That's a great point. That's what they sound like. That's what Kirby sounded like all day yesterday. And to think about it, he had a career in the Navy. How the hell can he? I, you I and I have asked this question all. before. How the hell can Kirby do this? Well, how does he sleep at night, seriously, working for this administration? I don't get it. I don't know. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are. Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. Octane action in the dust, a new film puts. Our staff of correspondents provide a fast paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. The uh, media coverage of what's going on in uh, in in Israel. We'll get to uh, that. Uh, Republicans in Congress uh, met uh, and uh, had uh, comments yesterday. There seemed to be a more serious tone coming from the yeah. re- Republicans. So right. we'll we'll have that uh, uh, coming up. Plus a whole, whole bunch more. Um, <laughs> this headline: Car Wars coming for your car. Mm. Well, I mean, it's only a matter of time. We've said that that when it comes to EVs, if you're going to mandate EVs on the OEM side, then eventually you're going to have to ma- you're going to have to mandate or outlaw the behavior from consumers. And I'm sure California will lead the way; they always do. You don't need that cumbersome car in la it's not that long of a walk oh and uh migrants Mm. (laughs) migrants disagree with mayor eric adams in new york yeah right 
saying, we are good people and we're heading your way. Yeah, no, in Colombia, he was being heckled. <laughs> they were like, how dare you? Yep. You're wrong. Well, they see by the Democrat standard his own z- xenophobia big, and racism. Exactly. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, good morning. We are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where uh, you uh, wish if you can't listen live overnight. I want to play this audio cut. This is from uh, uh, the Anti-Defamation League's uh, CEO, Jonathan Greenblatt, yesterday on MSNBC. Now, this guy's as, as, as liberal as you can get. Mm. He served in the Obama administration as a special assistant to Obama. Mm-hmm. So he is liberal. In fact, in this conversation, he talked about how much he loves MSNBC mm-hmm. and then goes after them for the words that they're using. This is really interesting. Um, tell us, if you will, just what these last few days have, have been like for you and why it's so important that you are appearing here today with the Reverend Sharpton. Well, so I will be honest and maybe a little more vulnerable than I normally would be. These have been some of the hardest days of my adult life. I don't ever remember a moment like this. Um, I have family in Israel right now under siege and being deployed to the front lines. I have staff who can't locate their family. I have friends who are gone. Um, and I think Ambassador Danone put it well in a context that Americans can understand 9-11, the evil that was perpetrated here. But the scale, Jonathan, the right comparison is Nagasaki. This was like an atomic bomb. And as 40,000 people were killed in Japan when they dropped that bomb in Nagasaki, so too were the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people who were killed in Israel. And so while I am sad and cope, trying to cope, I'll be honest, I am angry. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show and I love this network. But I've got to ask, who is writing the scripts? Hamas, the people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera. They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, who kills children in front of their parents, and then brings them over to Gaza, who literally, we've heard all these reports, and we know these aren't just reports. These were filmed gleefully by the barbarians who committed these grotesque crimes. They filmed, for example, an elderly woman in her home 
in one of these towns. They burned her alive in her house because she was too infirm to take out. And, you know, parading women, bleeding from the crotch because they were raped throughout Gaza while people hoot and holler and cheer. So look, you know, when we say, oh, this was an escalation, it was bound to happen, I am sorry. This was a massacre that was pre-planned. This was not destined to happen. It is not normal to shoot teenagers in the back, hundreds of them. So I just think, like, guys, get the story right. And all these pictures of, like, you know, missiles or the rubble in Gaza, please talk to the Israeli mothers and fathers who lost their children. Talk to the grandchildren whose grandparents were seized as hostages. And please stop calling this a retaliation. This is a defensive measure against an organization that is committed to one thing, killing. Okay, and and uh, th- that's uh, Jonathan Greenblatt uh, yesterday on MSNBC. I don't know what to say except these are your peers, Jonathan, at MSNBC. Where, where did anyone think that the conversation was going to go? Because we talk about abstract versus reality. And this walking on eggshells and using the right words, all of that goes away in the face of such a horrific event. The reality that hit Israel in recent days was always going to happen as long as we let it. Well, I mean, uh, my... My message is directed to Jonathan Greenblatt, who's the head of the Anti-Defamation League. And he's sitting there saying how much he loves the network and then says, you've got to get it right. Jonathan, are you playing stupid or what? You know, he is a grandson of a Holocaust, you know, of of, uh, Holocaust victims. And he's sitting there saying how much he loves the show and how much he loves the network. But who's writing your scripts? The people of the political party that you belong to are the ones writing the script. They're the ones that cannot see that the Hamas terrorists are terrorists. They're the ones that claim they're fighters. Everything that MSNBC was reporting in the terms that they were that, that they were using, you claim is wrong and abhorrent. Yet you say you love the network. Jonathan, those are your people. You were an assistant to Obama. You were part of an administration that wished to appease Iran to help fund Hamas. And this is where I just shake my head and go, you're correct for going after MSNBC, but then you play completely naive by stating, oh, how much I love the network. And your political party that you have belonged to and that you served in that has appeased Iran over and over again to supply Hamas with the money, with the arms, to attack Israel. And you sit there as if there's no connection or you just don't mention that part of it that MSNBC also supported 
over those years. I just don't get it. It's the worst day, you say, of your life because you know people that have been killed and you just conveniently ignore everything else that the Democratic Party and MSNBC has stood for. And then you say, I love the network and I love the show. Well, then we can't help you. If you wish to remain ignorant completely about the administration that you served in, the Obama administration, and their appeasement of Iran that has supplied weapons and money and tactical support to Hamas for years. I don't know what I I don't know I, I don't know what to say to him. Well, just as John Kirby was acting as the defense lawyer for Iran yesterday, for years the liberal media, especially MSNBC, has been acting as the defense lawyers for Joe Biden and back then Barack Obama as they set this up to happen. Tell me what it is you love about the channel. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's just, it is, uh, it's because if there's no political pressure on them to do anything about it, to do something differently, to change this, to act in defense of the United States and our allies, then what's the point? What is it that you love? I I don't I don't know it you just you this is reality this yeah. this is everything that anyone who's paying attention has warned about for years and the Iran deal that Obama came up with had liberals everywhere including those who called us and said well at least he did something we You're damn did, right he yeah. did something. We actually got that call, just so you know. And here we are. This is the result of the something. As if Iran is just, you know, this liberal mindset that if you just close your eyes and, and turn away from the terrorists, they won't attack you, they won't come after you. You're a moron if you believe that. You know, you sit there and you go to the the uh, Anti-Defamation League website. Hate is rising. Help us rise above it. Your gift will fight rising hate, harassment, anti-Semitism, and anti-Semitic uh, attitudes. You, you'll help ADL work with law and policymakers to rein in uh, the social media's mainstreaming of hate. You don't care about the funding of the hate? You don't care about the use of language from the political party that you belong to? That you're that you're screaming about? But the fact is, it's like, oh, I can't believe you're using that language. Have you been have you not been paying attention to MSNBC and your own political party and part of the administration that you were part of? Because he was an assistant to Obama. Yeah. That was Obama Biden. And now Biden is in power and the policies, the wrong policies. It's like the actual funding, you care about the words and not the financing?
of it. And the support of the Democratic Party and MSNBC of the financing part of it? I don't believe that MSNBC was furious uh, 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 about the Iran deal. Did you ever see that? No. Were they upset uh, that Biden reversed the Trump era policy and 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 with when it came to uh, uh, oil and the oil embargo? Nope. Were they upset? No. Jonathan. These are, you know, that uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, the uh, head of the ADL, these are your people. You're wondering where this comes from. It comes from the people and the party that you have supported and been actively a part of. Don't play stupid. The language was wrong all along. And that was said. The the mindset was wrong all along. And that was said with love because... That's the kind of statement that, you know, they might come on and say, well, that's hate towards the ADL. No, it's love. I care about the preservation of life. Yeah. I care about the preservation of life of free people. I care about the threat of terrorism all around the world, and we're seeing it again. And it was easy to make, come to the conclusion that it was bound to happen again. This is what Iran does with their money. This is their purpose to the core. They want Israel gone. 86690-RED-EYE. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And then this story came out yesterday when you sit there and you say they were led by, they think we're idiots and we're led by idiots. Mm. Secretary of State Blinken took to social media Sunday regarding Hamas's deadly strikes on Israel 
but one post was taken down following some online backlash. Uh, the uh, Turkish foreign minister and I spoke further on Hamas's terrorist attacks on Israel. I encouraged uh, their advocacy for a ceasefire and the release of all hostages held by Hamas immediately read Blinken's post on X, according to the New York Post. Pandemonium broke out over the Internet while the post was up. The Biden administration is showing its true colors. Once Israel indicated it was going on on the offense in Gaza, Blinken encouraged a ceasefire, said Representative Mike Waltz, tweeted in response to the screenshot of the now-deleted post. Marco Rubio, anyone demanding Israel not escalate or calling for a ceasefire is either out of touch with this reality or sympathizes with Hamas. How does that happen from a secretary of state? How does that get out? Because national defense isn't your priority. Jeez. Fox Digital uh, News Digital reached out to the State Department regarding Blinken's tweet, but they did not go on record with a comment. No, I mean, it, it really is. We've seen it. it and they're, they're pretending, they're not pretending, they're acting as if they're the defense lawyers for Iran. I know. It's just... It's the most appalling, one Israel, of the most appalling things I've Israel, seen. Israel, stand down. You can't. Don't you dare retaliate. Don't you dare defend yourself. But coming from those who actually facilitated this by easing the oil sanctions and releasing the money, what else? What else are you going to get? Of course they want Israel to stand down. That's where they are. That's who they are. And that's not going to change. You know, this is in in, in the years after 9-11. We heard it from a lot of people on the left. Well, you know, it's the U.S.'s fault. I'm serious. I am dead serious. I just almost dropped a word that we're not supposed to say because that infuriates me. Well, you know, we blah, blah, blah. We blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can sit there and say that. And why can you why can you say that? Why is that that you can say that? Because we have the best military on the planet that allows you to get away with being such an idiot. You know, it's interesting you said that because uh, I was thinking yesterday when I was just reading all this stuff and saying, my God, the appeasement of Iran and the continued appeasement of Iran after, uh, you know, this attack and Americans, you know, being killed and the reports of Americans as as hostages. You know, it does. It's almost as if if you don't use a very harsh curse word that you don't feel like your anger is fulfilled enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had the same thought yesterday. When you just said that, I just, you know, almost cursed. I was thinking that. I was like, it's, it's where there I am. There are very few you, things that, that set me off like right, that. You don't, you don't know anymore. I mean, there's, there's so many things that are outrageous that are just. Ab- 
an abomination that you just you you don't know where to go anymore. I'm sitting. I mean, they've they've actually. I'm actually at point just so angry. I'm silent because you're just so furious. You don't know where to go. You can't process it because it's insane. And Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, if you want to get in, uh, well, excuse me, if you, if, you, <laughs> if you can't listen live overnight, you can uh, download our app and listen when and where you want. There it is. I got that. I got that out. And uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, reading this from the New York Post, Representative Alan Omar, remember, a United States congressperson elicited outrage Monday with a public uh, post for the U.S. to shift from giving Israel unconditional weapons sales and military aid to diplomacy. Omar, a member of the so-called squad, this is from the New York Post, also harped on the plight of the Palestinians and suggested that Israel's retaliation against terrorist group Hamas might be a war crime. The Israeli defense minister has called Palestinians human animals and promised to cut off all electricity, all food, and all fuel to civilians in Gaza, she wrote in a lengthy threat on X. This is a collective punishment, a war crime, and the U.S. should oppose any violations of international law if we truly support a rules-based international order. Um, let me see, uh, instead of, uh, continuing unconditional weapons sales and military aid, I urge the United States long, uh, to at long last to use its diplomatic might to push for peace. Her remarks struck a nerve among detractors who ripped her call for peace just after a deadly attack in Israel that's killed well over a thousand representative Mike Lawler from New York wrote, Israel was just brutally attacked by terrorists funded by Iran, and you want to cut off funding and military aid and equipment, you are out of your mind and unfit to serve in the United States House of Representatives. This is why you were removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Omar was booted from the House Foreign Affairs Committee earlier this year following the GOP takeover of the lower house. Former uh, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy cited her past comments on Israel as justification. Alan Omar and the squad using the days after Israel faced the largest terrorist attack in its history and the largest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust to call for cutting off military aid to those who were attacked. Jeez. Unbelievable, these people. Uh, Isaac uh, Shore from uh, Mediate, a liberal, mm. as we know, website. Mm. Alan, uh, uh, Alan calls for the U.S. to abandon Israel as Hamas parades rape victims, uh, survivors, rape victims, survivors through the streets of Gaza 
May God have mercy on your soul, Isaac Shore chimed in. Gates, McGavick, Legal Communications Director for the Republican National Committee, said this is the literal definition of negotiating with terrorists. Uh, Rashida uh, Tlaib of Michigan said, described Israel's policies toward the Palestinians as an apartheid system on Sunday while emphasizing she grieves for both Palestinian and Israeli lives lost. That's a load of horse manure. Yeah, it is. About the apartheid that they talk about. As we know, was it 17,000 Palestinians were allowed to cross every day to work mm-hmm. in Israel, and Israel wanted to increase it to 30,000. Right. Uh, the path to the future must include lifting the blockade, ending the occupation, and dismantling the apartheid system that creates the suffocating, dehumanizing conditions that can lead to resistance. Wow. These are United States members of Congress. Yes. Blame the victim. And then the uh, the story, the Biden administration's former special envoy to Iran, who was placed on leave earlier this year for allegedly mishandling classified material, should face extensive scrutiny for his permissive stance towards the uh, uh, towards Iran after it aided Hamas and Hezbollah in carrying out terrorist attacks against Israel. Critics said Rob Malley deserves extensive scrutiny. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, said Representative Daryl Issa, told the New York Post after the Wall Street Journal reported officers of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps planned and signed off on this weekend's atrocity that killed at least 900. These reports could not be more concerning, and they hint at what could be the worst State Department scandal uh, in a long time. Mali and others created an incredibly permissive environment for Hamas, for Iran to do all these things, said uh, Gabriel Narana, former special advisor on Iran at the State Department. Narana, who served under former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, said Mali and his negotiating team purposely funneled billions of dollars to Iran Uh, through lack of sanctions enforcement and provisions of sanctions relief that has given them somewhere between 50 and 80 billion over the last two and a half years. A senior House Republican aide told The Post that the cash influx followed an even more generous payout of 1.7 billion that the Obama administration made to Iran in 2016, eventually contributing to Saturday's attack that triggered the Jewish state's first declaration of war in 50 years. There is a straight line from Obama's giveaway to Iran to Biden's enriching of Iran to Iran's war on Israel, the aide said. Well, this is the entire stupidity when we talk about all the aid that the Obama and Biden administrations allowed to go to Iran by not enforcing embargoes. And in yep. some cases, 
direct U.S. taxpayer cash. Yep. And this is where they shake their head. Is that, well, no, no, there was no direct involvement. That's Kirby. And that's why it's an abomination. I mean, he had a long career in the Navy. For him to sit there and ignore the money trail that has been created by the Obama and Biden administration and say that, because you know, I know what his point is. Well, there is no evidence that Iran terrorists were part of the Hamas terrorist, as if the, the support of money and planning doesn't help. And that's why I brought up that in our society, when the hitman goes out and kills someone, who do authorities really look for? They want the hitman, but they'll give the hitman a deal to get whom? The money person, the person who paid for it. The person who came up with the initial plan for it. It's the person that finances the crimes that are viewed in our society and the murders that are viewed as actually worse than the people that actually commit the act. And Kirby's ignoring that. The left is ignoring everything. They give deference to the criminals, the violent criminals in major blue cities right now. Yeah. There's a pattern. There's There's a a pattern. pattern, isn't there? Yep. And something is wrong with you for being concerned about it. That was what Kirby was implying throughout the day yesterday. And then peppering in the, oh, no, we care. Then act like it. But you're not going to change the nature of this beast. Narona also noted the Biden administration had allowed for an enormous deterrence failure by undertaking just four operations against Iran-backed terror groups after allowing the regime and its proxies to carry out 83 attacks of their own against U.S. forces. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had revealed the muted U.S. response to Iran-backed attacks in Senate testimony earlier this year. Narona points out that under the Trump administration, the U.S. did not distinguish between the Iranian regime killing Americans and the regime's proxies, Mm. including Hamas and Hezbollah, as that's the way you do it. You go after the people that actually commit the violence and the people that finance the violence. Yeah. And the Biden administration is acting as if we're all a bunch of stupid idiots and don't know that. And you and I have asked about Kirby before. We go, what the hell happens to somebody who serves in the military for that long? I don't know. Who then becomes the propaganda propaganda person for the administration. He's the propaganda person for Iran. For Iran, yeah. Great point. That becomes the... That's what you heard yesterday. Yeah. Well, there's no proof of this. There's no proof of that. Oh, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. Are you awake? Financing crimes in our society, financing terrorism in our society. Yep. Or in the world, financing terrorism that kills Americans makes Iran directly involved in the attack.
by Kirby trying to make the point that that isn't direct involvement. He might as well be on Iran's payroll. Yeah. And look, if there's a flaw in our argument, I'm willing to listen. Well, if, if but- there's a flaw in our argument, tell us where it is. There isn't any flaw in our argument. There are. There's zero fat, because the the, the situation is absurdly clear. This is the arrogance and defiance we've talked about that runs to the bone for this administration and the gaslighting yesterday by Kirby. Oh, they're not using that money. They're not using money is fungible. You know that. Yeah, but there's no evidence they're using that money. That's only for humanitarian. He just kept repeating. It was like he was just firing off these automated responses in defense of Iran. In defense of Iran. Yeah. By not acknowledging how money is used to finance terrorism and pretending that it doesn't exist and is not direct involvement, John Kirby is the propaganda arm of the Iranian regime. And the U.S. taxpayer is paying for John Kirby and the Biden administration to be the propaganda arm yeah. Yeah. of those that finance terrorism against our allies and our own citizens. Americans died, and he's standing in defense of Iran. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So I'm just looking here. Uh, CNN, uh, Israel orders complete siege of Gaza as hostage count nears 150. Wow. Any estimate yet of American hostages? No. You know, uh, I did, as of late yesterday afternoon, I didn't see a solid number on that. Um. And I think it's probably a fluid number. I think it's it's likely that it's unknown exactly, but there, it is believed there are a number of Americans being held hostage. Mike, my, my question would be, now what? Yeah, this is uh, uh, from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Hostages taken by Hamas during the assault on Israel from Gaza includes U.S. citizens, according to the Israeli Minister for Strategic yeah. Affairs. Right. We said he also suspects several Americans or dual citizens were killed this weekend. We all know that they, yeah. they were. Right. I think it's scores of hostages, uh, Dermer said on CNN, speaking of the estimated total. Uh, I can tell you there's also American hostages as part of that number as well. And and so the question is now what? 
What do you do to get those hostages back? Give them $6 billion. More. Exactly what Kirby was talking about. We'll do, you know, whatever we need to do. But in this case, now Hamas has them. Where are they being held? What are they demanding, ultimately? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talking about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Coming up, we'll get to um, all the other stuff going on. Kevin McCarthy for a uh, the consensus speaker of the House. Robert, wow. Robert Kennedy Jr. We have an independent candidate. You know... I'll say this, keeping it in the, uh, I don't know, wheelhouse isn't the, isn't the word, but keeping it in the spirit of what the whole RFK Jr. thing has been. And I'm talking about, you know, uh, him doing podcasts and him and just the chatter surrounding RFK. That was the best move for him. I mean, they weren't going to let him. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, he's oh, not yeah. going to be the guy to, you know, to to primary against uh, Biden. We all know that's going to be Newsom. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> um, he's you know, so the way that it was panning out, where you had, we got to be careful here. A few people. That lean right that were, you know, giving him some attention. And, of course, the left that are uh, many of them absolutely disappointed in in Joe Biden and for good reason. Then then that was the that was the natural progression for his campaign. Now, the question is. How much does he take from either side? I, I actually think, I don't know, I'm going to say there's a, there is a distinct possibility. I can't put any numbers in terms of a weight to it, but I, I think there is, it stands to reason that he could well benefit and actually see a bump in his numbers. Remember when he announced he had some pretty solid numbers. What It was double digits, right? I mean, it was pretty solid yeah, when he yeah, announced. Yeah, the Democrat side. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah. so I, didn't he start? Didn't he? Didn't he get to seventeen at one point? I, I was going to say. Yeah, I think was, he got to seventeen yeah. at one point. Yeah. So you know, that's not nothing. That's a big deal. And I think you know, I'm again, I'm I'm not going to vote for the guy. But the question is, is he going to steal enough from a Joe Biden? Does he steal any from? 
uh, Trump or whoever the nominee is for the GOP. Uh, I here's the independent that is, you know, that is out there. That is the populist independent. Might go the RFK route. That that's one of those um, off ramps. None of the above votes. I like this guy. I like what he's saying. And and then, of course, you got to throw in the name recognition. By the way, the fact that he left the party is Camelot over now. Can we move on from Camelot? <laughs> Polls indicate uh, this, uh, in fact, just one poll, uh, Reuters uh, poll. Polls indicate Kennedy could be a political force to be reckoned with come 2024, possibly siphoning votes from Biden and former President Donald Trump in a mm-hmm. hypothetical three-way race. 14% of U.S. voters would back Kennedy, while Biden drew 31% and Trump gained 33%, according to the most recent Reuters poll. I don't buy it. I don't buy that it's that close. I don't think that he t- <clears throat> takes evenly from both. If if he does, the Republican Party is doomed. Well, that's in, and you know, that's what I was kind of alluding to. I don't know that I buy it either. But I guess, well, we've we've said to anyone in the GOP, you always campaign like you're 20 points behind. And they should they should assume that this is true for the sake of campaigning. I don't know how true it is. I don't know, uh, you know, how it comes out in the end. Look, so many things. Think about this. Talking about 12 and a half months from now, a little over 12 and a half months. Yeah. But there's so many things that can happen between now and then, but it's going to go by in the, you know, in the blink of an eye. That's just the way it is. And and I don't know how many more dynamics you can bring to the surface or all the dynamics, the major items that are on the surface already, how many of them continue to boil over and, and sway votes one way or the other. But I, I do think that RFK Jr. is one of those that is on the for the populist independent he's the, the he's the exit what the ramp. hell is I that know. exactly <laughs> well it's it's the it's the none of the above vote well i don't like that i don't like both yeah, but, i don't like both but, sides but you have to understand because I, I was thinking i said you know well you know he may get some on the right the anti-vax vote but it's like no yeah, yeah. we we're gonna vote for him because he's anti-vax yeah, great, because you believe that the government, uh, uh, the, just stay with me for a moment, because you believe that the government and the mandates and everything else uh, was wrong and how they fired people was wrong and everything else, so you're going to vote for the guy who supports the Green New Deal, mm-hmm. which in essence would be AOC's Green New Deal, yeah. which is government taking over industry. Yeah. So, But, you're, he... but because he's anti-vax, you'd vote for that, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, he fought against the Keystone Pipeline. He believes in the whole climate change, praised AOC's tax hikes. This guy is as liberal as you can get when it comes to redistribution of income. So why would any Republican vote for him? I don't know. Unless Republicans believe that government and massive government spending will be your savior. If Republicans, even if if seven or eight percent of Republicans are going down that particular path to vote for Robert Kennedy, the Republican Party is in trouble, especially since we know now what spending has done when it comes to inflation. 
Well, and then you've got to introduce, you know, especially in the final moments leading up to an election, <laughs> the undecided. There's there's my question. What the hell is an undecided right. voter two weeks out? But, but what happens is people start looking at what? They start looking at the winners, losers, or, you know, the ones that aren't adhering to their actual values. Many of them will toss aside a, a candidate they know is not going to win. Man, I'd love to support the guy, but he's not going to win. So my vote's going to go to. And the question is, all right, you know, how much of that is going to be in play in the last days before the election? This is. I think he's going to get uh, definitely, you know, he's going to he's got some attention. He got some attention yesterday, even with everything going on with Israel. Uh, he was able to garner that attention. But you've got to take now you're on your own. Now you now you've got to get out there and you, you know, you've really got a campaign. But well, I he's think, well, he's starting out at CPAC next week. I, it's I will say, well, no, I mean, that's the thing as an independent you can, mm. you can, uh, you, what was the, um, the phrase, you know, uh, uh, Obama, you know, he's, he hovers above all of it like a God. That's, that's the idea of the independent and especially with populist independent rank and file, they are the, well, no, I don't like it, either party. I'm an independent. So I'm going to go with a guy who's independent. And then you get down to the issues. Look, I would love to see him on a debate stage. Because it's one thing to be on a on a podcast. You know, it's one thing to have, you know, an an interview opportunity. But when you actually get down to it, the people need to know what you would do in the case of and then you line it out and that happens on a debate stage. I don't expect to see him anywhere on a debate stage. But, and I don't know that he's the age. Well, if, if if he's polling at fourteen percent next year, then he might qualify. He might qualify on the debate yeah. stage, except for yeah. the fact <laughs> he, he mm. might be the only one on the debate stage. <laughs> well, <laughs> so finally, he qualifies, and he's the only one there. Exactly. That is a solid point and a very distinct possibility. <laughs> Because look at look at where it is right now. Trump doesn't feel the need to debate in the primary. And it's not affecting his numbers. Will he carry that through to the general? Will they if you're if you're in control of the Biden campaign? Right now, you have to be crossing your fingers. You can get away with Biden not getting on a debate well, stage with Trump. Well, and the other thing is, too, who knows what the debates would be because of the Committee for Presidential Debates, the Republican Party doesn't want to be a part of that anymore. Yeah. Well, right. then they can choose their own debates. The Democrats can say, no, we don't want we don't want Kennedy in. It's going to be Trump against. Yeah. You know, well, and you look at it and it, this might be setting a precedent here because you've got Newsom going to debate. It's still a debate. It may be no, on but, Fox or maybe on Hannity's show, but it's still a debate, a debate. that people yeah. will watch. It's DeSantis right. going up. It's Florida versus California. So, I mean, that's we haven't seen things like that before. No, no. In presidential politics. So that's going on. So we could get to next year and it'd be like, well, 
Biden doesn't want to debate and Trump's not going to debate. Trump's not going to debate uh, just Robert Kennedy Jr. And there's no way if Trump doesn't debate and Biden decides to debate that Biden's going to debate Robert Kennedy Jr. alone. Right. Not going to do that. Well, and tell me where, like, if you're going to have a town hall debate, where would you have that? Portland? (laughs) I I, I make the point of Portland because tell me of all the major cities, all the major cities. And I know that they can control that. They, you know, they're going to populate the, the audience with, you know, they try to populate the audience with a, a number of uh, uh, GOP voters, Democratic voters. And I but I don't I don't know what a general election town hall debate looks like in 2024. Portland. People people in the audience sleeping in tents. <laughs> what city would you hold it in? I, I don't know where you would hold it. Number yeah, it, really, one. it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's just where the studio is. Well, it, it is. And, and it's and it's you know, they can they can choose the audience. But but you still it still would be it's I, I suspect it would be a lot different than town hall debates we've seen in the recent past. We didn't really see that in 2020 because of covid. But. Could we see a town hall debate and what does it look like? I don't know that we see debates. It's, no, I, I really think by the time you get to that point, uh, I, I, I would not be surprised. Look, the Republicans don't want to use a commission on presidential debates anymore. Right. And, you know, they're not going to sit there and pick, you know, well, you guys pick the networks and you pick the moderators. That's done with. Right. And so it would be Trump's campaign and Biden's campaign saying, okay, Let's have a debate. Well, let's put it this way. In 11 months, 11 months from now, look, Biden won't even be out. Biden can't even come out and take questions. Right. After the, you know, the terrorist attack in Israel, he can't even come out and take any questions. If I'm his campaign chief, I'm doing everything to keep him off a debate stage. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I absolutely mean that. That's no hyperbole. I absolutely would do everything to keep him off of a debate stage. And and you know something? It can be, you know, your cognitive uh, abilities, your physical strength. When you get into your 80s, you know, it, it depends on, you know, what your body's like. But you start breaking down. You break down fast. Right. You know, I've, I've seen it. I saw it happen with my mom. Mm-hmm. With their cognitive abilities, it was like, oh, we're going through it right now with a couple of family members. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, uh, dad, for example, dad's, you know, always been great. And, you know, he you could see, you know, he started just physically slowing down a little bit. Mm. And then he got the pacemaker Mm. last week. And doing, he, still doing well, by the way. Yeah, right? still doing. Yeah. yeah, still doing very, very well. No problem. You made a comment to me that that uh, that he, you know, he sounded better. After the surgery, you talked to him after the surgery. Yeah, he, and he well, sounded a little bit better. Really not, it's really not an invasive surgery to put it in. Right, it's, it's not right. as invasive. I mean, it's a out. It was outpatient. But his his energy sounded to different. me. It did. Yeah, he said, you know, feeling a little better, but but still, he's feeling the pain from putting it in. Sure, and the exhaustion of still, you know, just I think it was last Thursday, yeah. last Friday. Um, he's still feeling a little bit of that exhaustion, so yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He may not. 
he might not notice what we notice, but I noticed yeah. a, you know, a, not that he wasn't, he was quicker. Yeah. Okay. His mind's always been there, but it's just, he was just quicker. Okay. And he seemed to be more, you know, uh, awake. That could be though, partially. Okay. I've, I've taken this, you know, I've, I've you know, this problem's taken care of. Sure. Sure. But as you get older, I guess my, my point is just in general, sometimes it's very, you're amazed at how quickly, you know, you go from being, um, you know, a, appearing that you're in control. Because it's not always the cognitive abilities of your mind. It's your your physical state. Well, yeah. You know, whether your heart, because when your heart starts, mm-hmm. you know, my father's heartbeat was way, way mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And the pacemaker brings it way Elevated up. blood pressure, which is the yes. case in any stressful situation and everything else. So all of that. I, I, I'm telling you, I would do everything possible to keep, if I were the campaign manager, to keep Joe Biden off a debate stage. You just, because the live, the potential liability, you just don't know where he's going to go in a setting like that. You know, and with everything going on right now, you know, when the, the worst numbers that Biden ever had was after Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've got Americans and he's doing the exact same oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So his poll numbers, there's a that's the one thing I'm thinking. Will his poll numbers start tanking mm. because of what's going on? Everybody knows they're not fooling anybody. And and what they're saying is is that they've had nothing to do with financing Iran. Well, everybody right. knows they have been. Right. And Iran finances terrorism. Right. You can connect the dots as an American very easy and go, This is ridiculous. Where is he? Why is he hiding? Right. We need to find out what's going on with these Americans. We need to find out what's going on in Israel. The thing is, it was when you think about it, a lot of times it's the pictures and the pictures of the airplane in Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. That's what really yeah. set everything off yeah. at that yeah. particular point yeah. because it was the United States that was involved in creating that mess. And the same thing, you know, what you see, the, the video. Right. The yeah. Americans, in all likelihood, will react to that. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Really interesting. Both Alan Dershowitz and uh, Larry Summers. Both as liberal as you can get, yeah. pounding on the Ivy League colleges and the students supporting Hamas. And again, I say to them, we'll hear what they have to say first. I say to them, this is the political party and the political ideology that you have supported. Right Now, maybe not to this extent, but all of this comes directly from liberalism. Right. And where liberalism has gone. Now, you may not have taken the fork in the road, but you belong and you vote exclusively for the political party that has taken us in this direction. And that type of support is going to lead to this. Yeah. And they're worried because these are our leaders of tomorrow that are supporting Hamas. Yeah, they're Democrats. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's taken you. It'll be interesting to see. To hear what Bill Maher has to say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This show's what, Friday, I think? Friday. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see his take on it. Well, and he's talked, you know, in the past about 
walking on eggshells and, you know, the left being afraid to offend terrorists and everything else. But again, you supported this side for the longest time, and this is not hidden. They promote this proudly. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you choose. If you can't listen live overnight on one of our great radio stations. All right, Alan Dershowitz yesterday responds uh, to Hamas attack on uh, 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 Israel. Uh, This was on a podcast yesterday. Well, this is just a a massacre, uh, a genocidal massacre. The people who were killed were mostly peaceniks, people who were favoring peace, the two-state solution. Uh, But the Hamas murderers didn't care. They just raped and murdered any Jewish person, baby, woman. Uh, The most amazing thing is how many university students in the United States support these rapists and murderers. Amnesty International, let me say it again, Amnesty International at Harvard says this is entirely the fault of uh, Israel. Uh, Numerous organizations at Harvard, at Yale, at the City University of New York Law School all put the blame for these murders and rapes on on Israel. These are our future leaders. These are people who are going to be running for Congress, who are going to be the editors of The New York Times in 20 years. Uh, these are people who have no moral compass uh, whatsoever. They don't understand the difference between rapists and murderers on the one hand and people who are trying to defend their children and their elderly parents on the other hand. This really shows the terrible state of morality uh, in elite institutions, particularly among the progressive woke left in the United States today. There you go. I mean, he knows where they are. Yep. Lawrence Summers. Former U.S. Secretary of Treasury Larry Summers slam Harvard over the silence by university leaders after dozens of student groups expressed their support for Palestinian terrorists in a joint statement in which they blamed Israel for Hamas killing hundreds of Israelis over the weekend. In nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I have never been as disillusioned and alienated as I am today, Summers wrote. Uh, on uh, X on Monday, Summer's post was in response to a collection of student groups releasing a joint statement in support of the terrorists. The silence from Harvard's leadership so far, coupled with a vocal and widely reported student group statement blaming Israel solely, has allowed Harvard to appear at best neutral towards acts of terror against the Jewish state of Israel Summers continued in a follow-up. Former Secretary of the Treasury went went, went on to point out that unlike in response to Hamas's terror attack against Israel, Harvard President Lord Bacow had released a strong statement condemning Putin's invasion of Ukraine and had even flown a Ukrainian flag over Harvard's campus. Uh, 
unlike the president of Harvard's strong statement of support for Ukraine after Putin's invasion and the decision to fly the Ukraine flag over Harvard Yard or, or Dean Gay's powerful statement on police violence, we have as yet 48 hours later no official Harvard statement uh, at this time of moral testing, Summer said. Now, if you don't know Summer, Summers is the one from the, you know, he uh, worked in the Obama uh, administration as one of his economic advisors. And uh, he is the one that told one of the, the uh, uh, liberal economists that told Biden, do not uh, spend that $1.9 trillion. It's going to lead to out-of-control inflation. Mm-hmm. So he was, as a Keynesian, he was right there, which I really wonder what his Keynesian credentials are or whether Keynesian credentials are only, are, are sort of like a Bush. <laughs> mm. <laughs> when uh, he had to, he had to give up his principles on <laughs> capitalism. <Yeah. laughs> well, In 2008. Then, right, then they're not, then they're not principles. <laughs> they're not principles then. Right. Um you either believe in you either believe in economics, which is how people respond to incentive, or you don't. Well, especially in the worst of times, <clears throat> right? You believe that those principles are going to carry you out of that. But to Dershowitz and Summers, all I'm going to say again is, those are all the institutions that have the support of the Democratic Party mm-hmm. that both of you are a part of. Mm-hmm. And if you vote for this, it will continue. Right. right. And and the other thing is that all of the, again, they're uh, both, Dershowitz especially. Now, Dershowitz has defended Trump legally but said he could never vote for Trump, yet he can vote for a Biden who funds, who ensures that the funding is there for Iran to finance Hamas's terrorist activities in Israel that also got Americans killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you just, you just shake your head saying, you know, you're right. Yeah, right. But do you understand what got us here? You know, and, and, and how going forward could you continue supporting that party? How is this not yeah. a one of the strongest principal beliefs that you hold? How is this not big enough to say no more? Well, look, you know, when when you look at, uh, you know, the identity politics of the Democratic Party that's now mainstream, they know it. Dershowitz knows it. Summers knows it. Mm-hmm. What do you think that eventually leads to? Right. What do you think it leads to when you judge people, not as individuals, but you judge them all as a group? Right. It leads exactly to what you're seeing yep. here. Yep. It leads to the racism of the Democratic Party. It leads mm-hmm. to the anti-Semitism mm-hmm. of the Democratic Party. The Jews are to blame. Mm-hmm. That's all part of identity politics. Right. Now, the radical left of the Democratic Party may have taken identity politics and just added Jews to the list. Mm-hmm. But it, you better figure that out. That's what leads to it. It's the identity politics. All judging people by groups and not as individuals is wrong. The party that you have supported for years, this is not new. 
judging people by groups. What may be new to you is they just added another group in the last 20 years. Right. Which is the Jews. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where anti-Semitism comes from. If you can't figure that out, you may not be the intellectuals that you believe you are. Right. Because that's not a hard concept to figure out. And the same for the uh, Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League that was uh, going after MSNBC for using the words fighters or militants instead of terrorists. And he went after them big time. But after stating, I love your show and I love your network. Well, again, the Anti-Defamation League is against hate is against racism, is against stereotyping. They claim, yet Greenblatt is a Democrat, a liberal Democrat, served in the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. The Obama administration, where Obama was absolutely an expert on using identity politics and judging people by groups and not individuals. And the, the CEO of the ADL can't figure that out? How is this not big enough to drive you away completely and permanently Don't know. from the party? Because otherwise you're willing to turn your eyes away from it and ignore it. And if it is, if it is that moving and that important to you, and it should be. Well, I mean, this isn't a hard concept to connect the dots. No, it isn't. I mean, this is, it's. We stereotype people by groups. We judge people by groups and not individuals. And we've done it now for, you know, 40 years, 50 years. Yeah. All we did now, Democrats, logically, some Democrats, because that's a guarantee that if you look at those kids at Harvard, they're not Republicans. No, they're not. Odds are they're Democrats. And all they did was add one more group to the list. Mm-hmm. That already existed. Mm-hmm. Let's add Jews onto the list now. Mm-hmm. And if you can't figure that out, I don't know how to help you, whether it's Larry Summers, Dershowitz, Jonathan Greenblatt, the head of the Anti-Defamation League, the claims are against hate. The completion of that sentence by any of them should have been, the Democratic Party gets no support from me from now on. You didn't hear that. No. Now, we because all, we all know that all Democrats are not anti-Semites. That's not the point. No, it's the party. All Democrats, the party, but but all Democrats in the party aren't anti-Semites. No, but the but but, but they but do. The party is represented by right. that. They're leading the right. party. They're the loudest voices, no. and until they're cut out of the party, the party owns it. No, but identity politics of judging other people by groups is mainstream in the Democratic Party. Oh, no doubt. All they did was add one more. They added the Jews. Yep. You can't figure that out? This isn't rocket science. Just amazing. Yeah, and we'll probably hear them say, each of them, sometime between now and November of next year, You know, that they're going to support the party, that they're going to vote for the party. Mm -hmm. 
How can you support Biden? How could you, the, the, if you look, you know, the last, uh, you know, going on 20 years soon, uh, the vast majority has been controlled by either Obama or Biden. 12 of the what? Last 16 years. Oh, yeah. Absolutely have practiced identity politics. Yep. And when you look at it overall, because I say the, there are still a lot of members of Congress that don't, well, look at Joe Biden's actions. Look at the actions of funding of of funding Iran and doing everything possible to reverse what the Republicans and Trump had put in, which was to do everything to ensure that you take away the capital of Iran. And they were being very successful in doing so, taking away the capital from Iran to fund terrorism and the Biden administration reversing it completely. That may not be anti-Semitic language, but you can make the case that it's anti-Semitic behavior because you know what's going to happen. You know what you're funding. And the Biden administration admitted on their last brief on international terrorism, as National Review pointed out, that they know that Iran supports Hamas and Hezbollah. They know it. They stated it, and they still do everything they can to ensure that the financing is there in Iran to fund the terrorist groups that wish to kill Jews. And they're practically tripping over themselves to defend Iran. As we see, yes, over the last 48 hours. Unbelievable. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Republicans speak... Uh, on the Hamas uh, terrorist attack of Israel coming up here following the top of uh, the uh, the hour. But I thought it was I thought it was important to play whether it was uh, Dershowitz or what uh, Lauren Summers said or uh, Jonathan uh, Greenblatt from the American uh, defamation, or excuse me, the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Uh, you know what they said and knowing that they're all liberal Democrats supporting the identity politics that have gone on for ages. Yeah inside the Democratic Party. It's only that the radical left uh, and the president in his behavior of funding Iran has added anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can't see it, I don't know what to say. You're willfully blind. Yep. If you don't see where identity politics leads, which is judging people by groups and not individuals, all the radical left has done, and Biden through his behavior... And the the propaganda uh, machine of Iran that's paid for by American taxpayers in the Biden administration. If you can't see it, you're willfully blind. They don't care. They absolutely don't care. Monday was a full example if you needed another one. 
You've got violent crime in major cities on the rise. They don't care. Southern border to the point that liberal Democratic leaders are screaming, we need help. They don't care. Israel, they don't care. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. As we talk about the Hamas terrorist attack and the response from uh, Israel, you saw yesterday Hamas saying that uh, uh, that uh, they're going to start killing uh, hostages there. Lindsey Graham was on Fox News uh, yesterday and uh, talked about it. Well, for every Israeli or American hostage executed uh, by Hamas, we should uh, take down an Iranian oil refinery. The only way you're going to keep this war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable. How much more death and destruction do we have to take from the Iranian regime? I am confident this was planned and funded by the Iranians. Hamas is a bunch of animals uh, who deserve to be treated like animals. So if I was Israel, I would go in on the ground. There is no truce to be had here. I would dismantle Hamas. This is the best opportunity Israel has to destroy Hamas. Take it to the Iranians. If you harm one American in Syria by using your Iranian militia against us in Syria, if you escalate the war by urging Hezbollah to attack Israel in the north, if Hamas kills one American Israeli hostage, we're going to blow up your oil refineries and put you out of business. It is now time to take the war to the Ayatollah's backyard. Uh, Senator, I want to get your reaction to this, because I think you probably will have a strong reaction uh, to it. This is further to the uh, headline. Uh, they came out a little while ago about Hamas now saying it's open to negotiations. According to Reuters, let me read this <laughs> yeah. here off the wire, a senior Hamas official said the group is open to discussions over a possible truce with Israel, having, quote, achieved its targets. Uh, when you look at what happened Saturday, yeah. that would mean that its targets that it achieved were killing yeah. young people at a music festival, killing children right. in their homes, killing old people yeah. in their homes, and kidnapping many and taking them into Gaza. Your reaction? Uh, well, Hamas is a, is a terrorist group uh, that celebrates the killing of the innocent. Iran's regime, led by the Ayatollah, is a bunch of religious Nazis. They want to purify Islam in their own Shia image. They want to destroy the Jewish state and eventually come after us. This is an effort to kill all the Jews. The last time this happened was Adolf Hitler. The world was late to react. I'm urging the world to condemn Haran. I'm urging the Biden administration to cloak the White House tonight in the Israeli flag. You did it for Pride Month. 
I want to see the Israeli flag over the White House. The Brandenburg Gate has the Israeli flag. The Sydney uh, uh, Music Hall has the Opera House has the, uh, the flag. Number 10 Downing has the Israeli flag. Small things go a long way. But I want this administration to tell the Iranians any escalation using Hezbollah to attack Israel or killing of hostages, we will hold you accountable. I can only stress this so much. The Iranians depend on oil revenue for their uh, livelihood. The money to sponsor terrorism comes from the oil industry uh, owned by the Ayatollah. Destroy it. There are four refineries. Destroy it. Tell the Iranians you escalate any further, then we're going to destroy your oil industry, and eventually we're going to have to deal with this uh, regime by taking it down. I don't want war, but I don't want to live like this either. This is hell on earth. This is barbaric. What they did to these Israelis should be severely condemned by all the Arab world. I am going to still pursue relationships between Saudi Arabia and Israel. I talked to the Israeli ambassador this morning. I talked to the Saudi ambassador this morning. Both of them said they're a thousand percent confident this attack launched by Iran through Hamas was designed to de uh, derail the effort of normalizing between Saudi and, and Israel. A death blow to Iran would have the Arab Israeli conflict in, end. They think this is about stopping efforts for Saudi, Israel, and the United States to do a peace deal. I will be going to the region soon. I want to let the Iranians know that we're more intent on doing this deal than ever. Your efforts to undercut peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel is going to fail, and we need to let them know they're a legitimate military target. Nine Americans are dead because the Ayatollah planned an attack. He could give a damn if Americans were involved. They're threatening to execute innocent hostages. For God's sake, tell the Ayatollah, if you kill one hostage, you launch another attack uh, by Hezbollah against Israel, we're going to blow your industry off the map. Well, uh, actually, what uh, the administration said uh, yesterday is that the $6 billion is, has not been frozen and is uh, still may be possibly available for Iran. Yeah. And zero talk right. about uh, doing anything about the the oil industry uh, of Iran and, and, of course, you know, sanctions or taking out refineries. Oh, my gosh, that's that's light years away from where this administration is. I, it's one of the first things that I thought of over the weekend. Well, this administration, that that's like this administration is funding. Yeah, no, they by 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 reversing the oil embargo by the six billion dollars that we yep. see now. Yep. All of this is the financing for the terrorism that Iran is committing. And I think one of the first things out of Lindsey Graham's mouth should have been, this administration is financing the terrorism that killed Americans. They're not, they're not going to put the Israeli flag at the White House. They were busy yesterday waving the Iranian flag. In their propaganda, yeah. That's effectively what they were doing, right. defending Iran. We're light years, we're galaxies away from taking out refineries in Iran. I thought about that over the weekend. Well, What I could you do to cripple them? That's one thing that you could do to cripple them for a long, long time you could impose those sanctions and enforce those sanctions 
You know, that's been done effectively. But nope. Biden doesn't care. We learned that Americans died and Americans are being held by Hamas as hostage. And what did he say? Diddly and squat. Nothing. Nothing from him yesterday. And the number one thing I'd be thinking of as a member of Congress and as a citizen of the United States, uh, you know, we Iran's going to do what Iran is going to do. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? I mean, th- these are our elected representatives, including the president. Yep. And it's the Democratic Party that's been all for normalizing relations with Iran, wanting to legitimize Hamas and Hezbollah, mm-hmm. ensuring that Iran becomes stronger. Why, I don't know. Maybe it was her hatred for Trump. Whatever Trump did, you have to reverse it. I guess. So if, yeah. uh, if, if Trump uh, was making Iran really hurt financial-wise... Yeah. Well, we need to make sure that they economically boom, right. which means what? Which means they're going to fund terrorism, which means they're going to fund Hamas. And there is no debate that they're funding Hamas. There's no debate here. No. The administration, in their latest release on international terrorism, made it clear Iran is funding Hamas with weapons, logistics, and support. The Biden administration's report said that. There is no debate. We know it. Why the hell are we making it easy for them to get money in order to kill Jews and Americans? Why? Iran should be on their knees. And we're filled with excuse-making from this White House. Over and over again. Let's quickly go uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, everybody's wanting to talk to him because mm. uh, there's a possibility now that uh, he could be the, he's already agreed to be the consensus speaker. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and there wasn't much more serious tone from Republicans coming out of the meeting that they had yeah. late yeah. yesterday. Right. You saw a much more serious tone saying we got to do, we got to get this as together. It should be. We have to be united right now. There are serious things that we're facing and we can't be in this complete and total mess political mess right now but uh, here's part of what mccarthy had to say if you watched um, every single year i've been in congress i have led the freshman republicans over to israel i made it in a bipartisan as well my first trip as speaker was to israel to speak at the 75th anniversary at the knesset of the creation of their country only the second american speaker to do that i know that there's no greater ally than we have as israel I, the atrocities that I have watched, and Martha, I've got to tell you, Fox is reporting, and um, Trey Yanks is probably one of the best reporting I have seen live what is happening right now. But we cannot stay silent. The president cannot put a lid when the world is watching. What we have found is this new administration, the appeasement of paying for hostages, is, has made it more emboldened to take Americans. We now have nine Americans dead. This cannot be Afghanistan. We cannot leave one American behind. We should also stand shoulder to shoulder with Israel. Supply the weapons they need. You know, the fear I have, I've been to every part of this. I've watched the Iron Dome there. What the, what the Hamas will do is send 
dumb rockets at the beginning to try to wipe out all the Iron Dome has, then send precision guided. We need to make sure they have all the weaponry they need so it won't be that way. And we need to go after, because in this new administration, Iran is financially stronger. They're funding more terrorism around the world. If you look at the foreign world currencies holding, they only had in 2020 $4 billion. Now they have $70 billion. They gave us assurances, they would tell us, when they provided that $60 billion, that they could always pull it back. They should freeze it today while it's in Qatar. They should put sanctions on their oil production. When Biden first took office, they were only producing 400,000 barrels a day. Today, they're producing 3 million barrels at oil being $100 a barrel. This is where they're becoming stronger and funding. And for the idea that our Secretary of State doesn't know if Iran was involved and the Wall Street Journal knows more, we need to reassess our own intel failure here and make sure we secure our own border of what's happening. Yep, all true. Yeah, all Cover, true. Covered it all. And by the way, Blinken, and we had mentioned it yesterday when he said that, I mean, he, he sounded like an idiot. Oh, we don't have any, we don't have any uh, uh, indication that they were directly involved. It's like, yeah, you know they were. You actually do know. You that. actually do know. You're you, lying. You do that. You, you're, you're the guy in charge of all of that intel gathering. Think about that. The guy that is in charge of all the secrets. You, of all the people, know it, or you're grossly incompetent and should get out. And when I heard yesterday, I just read the headline. I didn't even want to, I wasn't going to look at the video, that he was uh, breaking up and tearing yesterday Uh because of the, shut up. Yeah, yeah, stop it. Your actions speak louder than your tears. Your tears are fake. Look, part of the reason we're probably frustrated and angry is because we predicted all this was going to happen, knowing what who who Iran was, knowing uh, the appeasement uh, that uh, you know the the appeasing and not just you know the the actual enabling and and appeasement of uh, of Iran to ensure that they had the capital and a lot more capital to go after Western targets, American targets. And Israel, knowing that that's what their goal is, you know, going back to David Harzani saying, you know, we they tell us exactly what they plan to do. And the left pretends they're just bluffing. Yeah. So let's give them money. Let's reward them. Let's ensure that their economy is booming. That bad Trump keeping money away from the Iranians. We need to make sure the Iranians get that money back. They, oh. have, they have a right to sell their own oil. Yeah. The world's leading exporter of terrorism. And the financing, the authority for the financing mm-hmm. of it comes from the White House. Yep. Tell us where we're wrong. 86690-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. Due to safety concerns, many motor carriers have policies that limit or prohibit the use of cruise control. If your motor carrier does allow you to use cruise control, you should only use it in good driving conditions, during daylight hours, and on roads that have light traffic, few curves or hills, and a consistent speed limit. Never use cruise control when operating in adverse driving conditions, including wet, icy, or slippery roads. 
during rush hour in heavy traffic or on congested highways, at night, or when you're tired or fatigued. During all of these driving scenarios, you want to be controlling and adjusting your speed as you drive instead of having to suddenly brake if you encounter an obstacle. In the case of a slippery road surface, you want to be able to slow your vehicle by not accelerating instead of using the brakes whenever possible. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You notice the similar, similar similarities of the Biden administration here mm. uh, on the border. Yeah. They caused the problem. Yep. They caused the problem by changing the rules that were in effect, especially the asylum rules. Mm-hmm. Soon as they got in office, day one. Yep. Plus, they invited, Biden invited everyone from the world to come come to the United States when he was a candidate. Mm-hmm. We know this how cuz Biden said it. And that's how the migrants and the illegal immigrants that's what they stated. Mm-hmm. So there was no mystery there. So now we get to this point where everything's out of control and Biden lies to the American public and says he must build a wall. Yeah. It doesn't work, but he must build a wall mm-hmm. because of what Trump did, and it's the law, which we know is a lie. Right? It's a lie across the board, as we pointed out, and many others did over the last couple of days. He doesn't need to do it. So he lies about the fact of the laws forcing him to build the wall, and then at the same time claims it doesn't work. Here, the Biden administration reverse course from the Trump administration ensured that Iran would go from six billion dollars in, in in or four billion dollars, as Lindsey Graham says, to over sixty to eighty billion dollars in capital because Biden would not enforce the oil blockade mm-hmm. that Trump had in that really hurt Iran. We know that the $6 billion also is, you know, the $6 billion uh, hostage ransom uh, that was paid of frozen oil assets uh, also is part of, you know, the entire equation. Mm-hmm. And then, Repub- or not Republicans, the administration and his representatives walk around as if they're completely ignorant that money is fungible and can be used that way in different ways, and the United States can stop it. They act like we're a bunch of idiots, and they're a bunch of idiots. And then, after they help to create the problem, I'll put it this way, after they, the administration, financed the problem, Mm -hmm. Now, they want to arm the Israelis 
to fight Hamas that's been funded by Iran yep. that they helped fund in order to attack Israel mm-hmm. and kill Jews and Americans. Yeah. It's insanity. But you notice it's the same thing There's as the, the pattern. Border. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning and uh, and welcome. Just saw here the House Judiciary Report uh, by the administration not deporting over 99% of illegal immigrants arriving to the United States. So the report released on Monday uh, shows that 99% are being allowed in, that means. According to Jordan and McClintock, more than 5 million illegal immigrants arrived at the border from January of 21 through March of 23. Of those, uh, at least 2.4 million did not have a confirmed Departure from the United States. Meanwhile, during that same time period, the report states that DHS released nearly 2.15 million illegal immigrants into American communities and just 5,993 first encountered at the border and placed into removal proceedings were ultimately deported from the U.S. So I guess that's the number that they're looking at then. Right. Wow. That's how they get to the 99%. Mm. In fact, the Biden administration's 108,000 total removals account for just 2.15% of all Southwest border encounters during that time and just 4% of the number of uh, aliens with no confirmed departure from the United States. So, they're using a bunch they're using different numbers here. Right. For different situations. But, yeah, not good. Not good. And that's the question. You know, it's probably one of the most frequent emails that I've received over the last couple of days. Well, what's going on at our border? If this could happen there, this could have happened at a border that's more closely monitored, then what are we doing here in the United States? Well, people don't care until we're attacked. We know that. Yeah, I mean, it changes drastically. What did we see in the wake of the botched exit of Afghanistan? We had, for years, many Americans saying, no, we need to get out of Afghanistan completely. After the exit of Afghanistan and everyone understood what it was going to become, along with the botched exit and what happened during that exit, then you had many Americans changing their minds saying, well, no, we should probably keep some troops in there and no one wants to go to war preemptively on 
September 1st of 2001, if we were going to go to war, if you were going to announce that you're going into Afghanistan and you're going to war to take out al-Qaeda, then everyone would have said, well, no. Yeah, we're not saying this just based on rhetoric. Right. Because we're frustrated and angry of, of what's happened and what the administration is doing. We're actually looking at where Americans stood. That's, and yeah. And and we're basing it on the 9-11 Commission. Right. The 9-11 Commission and came back, said they were at war with us and we weren't at war with them. Right. And we should have considered preemptive attacks. Right. And you and I said, well, yeah, people are saying that afterwards. Nobody was for that before. Nobody. Nobody. There would have been. A, and so we as a nation will only wait till we are attacked. Right. And then we'll fight back for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. But the clock is ticking. But then the clock is ticking. Then we go right back to doing the exact same thing again. Yep. And we've done it, you know, time and time again. Mm-hmm. We just, we don't take it seriously until it happens, and then we scream and yell. Yeah. And then I remember when the 9-11 Commission came out. Well, we need better intelligence. The intelligence has to make its way through. But as the 9-11 Commission pointed out, you can have all the intelligence in the world. If you're not willing to act on it preemptively, it doesn't do any good. No. And we stated that, that that's the part that the media conveniently ignored in the 9-11 Commission report. Yeah. And especially the key, they were at war with us. We're not at war with them. Same thing in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to get out. Yeah, but they're still at war with us. Oh, no, they're not. <clears throat> no, no. As we say every September 11th, when I, we see, never forget. What are you talking about? Stop that. We've completely forgotten. It doesn't matter what you say. It. it it's what your actions are. It's in your behavior. And Afghanistan proved a ton of people have completely forgotten. Well, and you look at, at uh, the resolve of a of an Iran, and now the fact that they've got plenty of money thanks to this administration allowing them to make money. There's no telling, no telling what's in the works. And and and, that, and by the way, that's not fear-mongering. That's reality. You ready for this story? I mean, mm. you, you, sit, you shake your head. Mm. The Department of Justice was slated to roll out the welcome mat in the next couple of weeks for an Iraq uh, uh, an Iraqi judge who issued an arrest warrant for former president Donald Trump because he ordered the assassination of the global Iranian terrorist responsible for the murders of more than 600 military personnel according to the US government. Yeah, Soleimani. Fox News Digital exclusively learned last week through a source with first-hand knowledge of his travels that the alleged Pro-Iran regime jurist was set to visit the Department of Justice. Yet after a flurry of Fox News digital press queries to the Department of Justice, within a 24-hour period, the Department of Justice dramatically backtracked Mm. on its invitation of 
the Iraqi pro-Iranian judge. Oh, really? A source familiar with the situation told Fox News on Thursday, the judge will not be meeting with any Department of Justice official. When asked about the visit prior to cancellation, a State Department spokesperson told Fox News Digital in a statement, the Supreme Judicial Council president is going to be hosted by the Department of Justice, so we defer to the DOJ to discuss their meetings. We engage with a wide range of counterparts in Iraq, and we value engaging the Iraqi judiciary. The Department of Justice meets regularly with foreign judicial leaders. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, just maybe. With some of them. According to a separate source familiar with the judge's invitation to the Department of Justice, the judge told many U.S. officials the Department of Justice invited him to Washington, D.C. The appearance of working at cross-purposes between the State Department and DOJ suggests There may have been some tension over the invitation of the judge due to his pro-Iranian regime rhetoric and conduct. Hmm. In January, the judge says that Iraq's Supreme Judicial Council filed an arrest warrant for Trump with regard to the targeted killing of Iranian Soleimani, commander of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, uh force back in 2020 Hmm. Iranian regime controlled outlets and other news organizations quoted the judge who declared that Trump confessed to his crime with respect to the assassination of the leaders of victory and the DOJ invited him to speak are you out are they out of their freaking minds well, it was going to, you know, they had somebody that was going to do something to Trump. I mean, bring him in. Well, think about this. How much of the Iranian policy, maybe it has nothing to do with it because Obama, you know, remember remember John Kerry up there. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that anybody would be more incompetent than John Kerry? And then you, you see Blinken up there. Yeah, right. Remember when John Kerry was speaking on the Iran deal? Even in the media, you had Democrats saying he needs to shut up because he was so bad trying to explain the the Iran deal. Just amazing. It is. Just amazing. We, We actually enable our enemies to finance their terrorism against Western allies and American citizens. And there does there's doesn't seem to be any outrage in this no. country over it, does there no. really? No. I mean, Republicans may a little bit, but it's not really any outrage. Yeah. You know, what's the no. purpose of it all? What's the purpose of what's what's the purpose of the government to most people in this country? Is it just do whatever the hell you want? Even if Americans get killed, just you know, keep feeding me cash? Is is that what we're about now? I mean, I, it, seriously, I guess, yeah, it's seriously, I guess so. It gets to be it's so you know, the last couple of days is so frustrating. And and, and on everything that we read, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about earlier about uh, uh, Dershowitz and, and Larry Summers and, mm-hmm. and the head of the uh, Anti-Defamation League talking about just how horrible the left is in this country. 
in their support of Hamas and and the head of the ADL on MSNBC, how much I love your network. Mm. But what are you doing calling them soldiers and fighters and militants? They're terrorists. And it's like it's the party you guys that you guys belong to that has been promoting identity politics, which is judging people by groups and stereotyping them for years. The radical left adds Jews, and now you're completely upset about it and bewildered by what has happened. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? It's just a frustrating couple of days because you, you sit there and when you, you just you live you just... your life in a delusional state. You just float around like nothing is real. Even when the harshest of realities hits. I, you know, go I I guess I go back to what you said a couple of months ago. Is everybody on drugs? Is no, everybody that's, is that's every, exactly is what everybody it seems like. high? Because it, it's almost like you're talking to a drunk or high person. Yeah. You're, you, nobody's communicating anything effectively. Right. And they all sound like they're a bunch of naive idiots who can't connect any dots whatsoever because they're so intoxicated they don't have the ability to do it. Right. Except they're not sleeping it off. Yeah. <laughs> there is no hangover. No. There is no contemplation the next day. It's the eternal delusional state of mind, and they're in charge. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on The View uh, uh, yesterday, and Democrats mm, probably didn't like what he had to say here. Here we go. <laughs> it was all- Ken, first of all, I believe very strongly in having a, 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 a border that no one can get through. There you go. Whoa. He said we need comprehensive immigration reform. We need to have comprehensive immigration reform. And uh, as we have stated before, comprehensive immigration reform is completely the opposite. Well, is completely different. It's a separate topic yep. than secure border. But he believes no one should be able to get through the border at all. Right. And we've said, yeah, right. fine, let's do that. And then you can discuss yeah. how you wish to have legal immigration. Right. But remember, comprehensive immigration reform means you legalize anybody who comes in the country. Because that's what the Democrats have always wanted, whether they get a temporary reprieve from the Biden administration or whether they came across illegal and are still illegal. They want them to become U.S. citizens. They want amnesty. Right. And as long as you do that, you're never going to have a secure border. Right. Well, because then uh, let's imagine we secure the border for a moment and then amnesty. Well, what do you think is going to happen in 10 years? The Democrats know if it works once, then you keep repeating the cycle, don't you? Of course you do. Are they running out of guests on The View that will come on? 
<laughs> there might be. When was the last time Arnold was talking about politics? I don't. I don't know. I don't know the last. Was he promoting anything even? You got a book or something? I don't know. I'm not sure actually. But I know he was talking a couple of weeks. Ago. He was doing an interview about, you know, being flabby. Yeah, being old and flabby. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happens. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen.